Hi, I'm Amy Porter, and this is my podcast. My mission is to show people how to empower themselves through music, business, and media. I try to see as clearly as possible how I can help. I showcase the music that I've played and the people I've met along the way. I'm a wife and a stepmom. You might know me as a professor, a performer, a producer, a publisher, a recording artist. I'm the founder of a couple of nonprofits. Welcome in to my Porter Flute Pod. Welcome to Porter Flute Pod. It's cold around here and it's winter, in fact. I'm back from my tour, so we can begin season five. Guiding me in the pod from time to time is Justine Sedkey and Alan J. Tomasetti. It's performance therapy today, so I want to break down the issues into that micro-performance climate called the lesson and go into what it might mean when people say, have a good lesson. I went to the vault and found my recent performance of The Ballad by Perilou with pianist Liz Ames. It's a standard favorite of all flute students and teachers, and sometimes It's a delusion of grandeur. What do I mean by that? Well, for example, programming repertoire too difficult for a student, but the teacher assigns it anyway to try to see if they can win a contest or a seat. And this piece is one of those pieces. Or students think they can handle a piece way before they have the needed skills. This is one of those pieces. Students often play it like they think they know how it goes, finding every reason to love it more than life itself because it's an emotional connection. Yet, they still play it wrong, as in, not what's written. So, let's get into it all. Welcome to Porter Flute Pod. I'm so happy you're here. Let's just say it like it is. Every lesson is different. You're just going to have to get used to it. I'll also say that teaching is about human beings, not one person being more powerful than another. Each person in front of you as a student is a soul, and each person teaching you is a mentor. Students learn from all their teachers, and teachers learn from teaching all their students. I'm going to discuss the points that can make or break a, quote, good lesson, and maybe you can relate. I found eight things I can discuss, and each of them has a valid point for both teacher and student. So, here's the first one. It went fine in the practice room. Or, it feels like I've never even seen these notes before. How fine did it really go in the practice room? Was it good enough to nail it tomorrow in public? That's how many times you should practice your passage in your practice session. And fine isn't good enough anyway. Fine means you could mess it up six times out of ten. 
And don't you want to go big or go home? Don't you feel you can practice it 10 times in a row and then spend that time honing your skills instead of cheating yourself and thinking everything's okay? I'm here to tell you everything is not okay when you think, I'm good, I've got this. That is a clear danger to your level of performance. You must practice performing even etudes, but I'll get into that later. It bears repeating. That repetition is the way to your success. Just like you learned how to read and do math and more, if you're a talented musician with the biggest ears in the world, perhaps you must be the most careful. This means you cannot play and write on your talent alone And you should buckle down and work your scales and your intonation exercises and your basic skills as if you were a beginner every day. You've heard me say that before. Where? In that Anatomy of Sound movie. I'll take a commercial break here to remind you that the Anatomy of Sound workshop you know and love has found a new home online. It's called AOS-Wellness, and we are here for you as a faculty to provide resources and products for arts educators and performing artists. Join for six months or one year and get our five changing channels every month, plus the back content from previous months. Those channels are wisdom, movement, meditation, breathing, and practice. So after this show, you can go to porterflute.com slash AOS and learn more. You can opt in for our seven-day trial and get access to my popular focus sheet, along with all of the wisdom we're bringing to you from our amazing faculty, only at the Anatomy of Sound. number two. How was your lesson? I played well, or I played like doo-doo, or I don't know what that means. Okay, here are a number of excuses we can make as to exactly how we feel the lesson went as a teacher and as a student. Is a good lesson one in which the student plays well? Does the teacher teach well? What does have a good lesson mean and to whom? And also, what does it mean to be reviewed as a good teacher or a good student? Okay, I get it. You can get completely blindsided by nerves, but that's when you know you're unprepared. 
you should go into this lesson understanding that learning something is the goal for both parties. In her student handout, The Ideal Student, Jean Backstresser points in the direction of the student and asks them to be prepared, first and foremost. When a student is prepared, the teacher can do their job. The teacher's perspective? Well, teachers get reviewed by students. What are they reviewing exactly? I keep a list next to my desk of the questions asked in my annual reviews, but I have them in answer form. I will impart knowledge fairly. I will provide proper guidance in the proper situation. I will not play favorites. See, it's a list of questions that the universities put together to garner the outcome of these one-on-one -on -one situations in a snapshot lens of the student's perspective. I make sure I get an A on those reviews, simply because I have the guided answers to the test in front of me. A good lesson for me is a lesson where we've done our job in the most loving and nurturing way possible. A good lesson for me is one where the student has come prepared for what I've written down in their notebook. That notebook is for both of us. Me to remember what the issues and assignments are for each student, for the student to see my advice in writing. And if I've written it many times, then I can prove on paper it's been an issue for some time. I usually flip the pages saying, I keep reminding you. What are the reasonable responsibilities for the student brought by Ms. Backstresser? Bring your manners. When a student says, thank you for the lesson, then it's clear that both parties agree that the appreciation for their knowledge and guidance has been recognized. And for the teacher to say, great lesson, means the preparation was there. The best students are the ones who combine discipline, wit, a desire to learn, a driving curiosity, and enthusiasm. And Ms. Bagstresser goes on to say, they express feelings of excitement, and inspiration and she ends by writing find that quality that will inspire your teacher to reach further into themselves to find answers you will truly be a joy to teach Oh, I know how it goes. This one always stops me dead in my tracks. Like many of my now memorable quotes, I have a saying I'd like to use that stops that student dead in their tracks. I tell them, I have news. There's how it goes and then there's how you think it goes. And quite frankly, nobody cares how you think it goes. They want to hear how it goes. So simply play what's written and you'll be fine. Simple, truthful, and honest. All the qualities that a teaching statement should hold. <laughs> no malice, just frank. Especially in orchestral excerpts. 
I believe it's best to show that you can merge with your colleagues in representing what's best for the piece and the composer and the orchestra. I'd shy away from playing too far outside the zone of prideful playing, out of tune, imposing vibrato speeds, or even missing notes. Take practicing excerpts for your lesson seriously, as if you were in an audition. That way, you're mindful of what's happening in the orchestra when you're playing and you know you're part of the whole. Everyone knows how it goes. And if you don't play it that way, then it's my job to tell you how it goes. And along those lines, here's another phrase that makes me wonder if a student has heard themselves. Oh, you're right. I only have one thing to say when I hear, oh, you're right. Yes, I know I'm right. I've memorized it. I've performed it. I've counted it. I've cursed it. I've taught it for 24 years, so yes, I'm right. (laughs) And the teacher should absolutely check to make sure they are right just in case there's an error in the addition or something else wrong with the issue at hand. When the student thinks the teacher might be wrong, it leads to all sorts of mistrust issues. Believe me, when I teach without a score and then I think, oh, there's a slur and then I'm wrong and the student corrects me, I absolutely say, you're right and I admit my mistake. But quite often, I'm right. Let me take one more opportunity to introduce you to the anatomy of sound where you can do a 34-minute yoga class or several different meditations all for free. You can see more of our content at AOS-Wellness. And if you're on our Porter Flute website, it's porterflute.com slash AOS. Check us out for memberships and products that help the performing artists and arts educators. Okay, back to the pod. Along the lines of teaching students that are new to my studio, I've had the lesson of, this was my old teacher's way and this is your way. Yes, correct. And my way is the way we will run this show called Lessons. My way will not be singing rhythms to help you out in mimicking me so you can learn rhythms easier. My way will be counting loudly in Firebird with you in every single lesson, annoyingly so, until you learn to count the rests correctly. My way will be playing bad piano with you during Daphnis so you can hear the chords in the orchestra part. Truthfully, this scenario came to me quite early on in my teaching life 
this was my old teacher's way and this is your way. So I'm very keen on noticing the discomfort when I don't count or I do count or I sing or whatever I'm doing that's bothersome. In fact, I developed my four-hour practice routine for that very student. And if I know you're not counting, I will never sing you the rhythm. In the end, my way is not your former teacher's way, nor should it be. Case dismissed. Just talking is okay. When you're ready for your lesson, but you have some distress in your life, it's not uncommon to just want to sit and have a good old-fashioned chat. Talking in a lesson is appropriate if there's an interfering issue with your work. A good teacher will hand the reins over to a legal and certified expert in whatever needs you might have. We are trained to know what's available, like mental health officers in our school who are ready to listen. Your professor is there to teach music, in my case, so music I shall teach. I can give wisdom that will definitely show itself as an issue in your life, and it's an interesting phenomenon that what issues are in your playing certainly can show up in your life. Make sure you're ready for your lesson with an agenda when you want some professional time with your teacher. These talks are about jobs and summer festivals and repertoire, calendar issues. All these conversations must happen in the lesson in order for it to be a good lesson. Everyone feels organized and ready to tackle the future. So bring your agenda to the lesson not just to play, but to discuss. They stopped a lot. Well, that could be said about a teacher or a student. Teachers often need to correct immediately so they can be sure you know what happened. Students stop a lot for several reasons, saying, sorry, or oh God, or stopping for a mistake allows the brain to now have to push through the hard stuff. It also allows the student to breathe, wherever and then not be in control of the phrase the next time around since they kept stopping to begin with. It's annoying to keep stopping. 
Making a mistake in your piece or an etude is one thing, but to continually stop and provide a nonstop flow of banter that pro projects your fears and doubts and all of the excuses you've brought into the room in your back pocket, well, that's annoying, truthfully. Teachers don't need your excuses. They need your discipline. Discipline doesn't require perfection, but time. Lots of time devoted to the craft you've chosen. Stopping and talking to yourself or your teacher in a lesson too much signifies a break in the flow of the music, the piece, and the lesson. Leave your doubts under your chair in the practice room. The teachers don't know what they are, nor do they need to hear them. The teacher thinks you're great. The teacher needs you to keep going and play what's on the page. This, I believe, can lead to coming out into the hallway and saying, that was a good lesson. I learned a lot. One disclaimer here, no symptom mentioned in this episode was pertaining to one individual, but to many of you throughout the years who I've had the honor of teaching, and also from alumni who call me and ask me how to address a question from their new studio. Lastly, I'm positive there are some of you out there saying, but Amy, I had an excuse for a bad lesson. My teacher was a pervert. Okay, that's one. Or I had a bad lesson because I was sick and the teacher made me push through it. Did you enjoy pushing through it? And I'd like to ask, what'd you learn from that experience? Honestly, I'm the opposite of pushing through. I listen to my body when it polarizes me and honor its healing system. I stop, I rest, I listen to my body. I don't require students to play for a lesson when they're not 100%. If there is an energy void, then nobody comes away from the lesson inspired. What about a performance? Okay, I've performed with a fever of 103, but that was because it was a required part of my job. But if it's a lesson, please come healthy and happy. So it's part of a series of good lessons. A good lesson can be memorable when the teacher picks up the instrument and sounds like you think you'll never sound. A good lesson is one where you get to hear stories from the past. And one of the most important lessons taught to me a teacher's role is special and shouldn't be taken on as a parental role or that of a best friend. The teacher is beloved for a reason. They give and receive and go home and say to their loved ones, I had good lessons. Thanks for being in Porter Flute Pod. If you'd like to visit us over at porterflute.com, that's our new website for the show. amyporter.com has been revamped so students can go there and click on Umish, Frequently Asked Questions, or Porter's Curriculum to learn more about me. 
You can also find me as Porter Flute and Anatomy of Sound on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. I'm Porter Flute and AOS hyphen wellness. Thanks for being here. I'm so grateful for you.